I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is your favorite edition of BOL Daybreak. It is a TGIF edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Friday, February the 14th, 2020, Valentine's Day. Here's hoping you've gotten that special someone something special and look if you're single go ahead and treat yourself on this valentine's day no one says you can't take care of yourself here on this friday travis ryer senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you three times per week monday wednesday and friday as we get you ready for another big sports weekend this on the heels of an amazing basketball game on a number of levels Wednesday night at Auburn Arena down on the Plains. The Alabama Crimson Tide comes up short in overtime by four points, 95-91. to Gets into a huge hole early in the game, down 16 to nothing. Closes out the half from that point forward, though, on a 41-28 to run. Uh, you had an uh, evenly played second half, although Auburn got out to a double-digit lead once again in the second half. The Crimson Tide answered and was able to force that game to overtime, a big defensive stop there late in regulation by a guy we didn't expect to see on Wednesday night. Herbert Jones, the junior forward, didn't play a ton of minutes, but he was impactful when he was in there. Kyra Lewis with a triple-double, the first by an Alabama player since 1996, Uh, Kyra didn't shoot it especially well in the game, scoring just 10 points on three of 13 uh, shooting from the field, one of five from three. But, you know, when guys like Jaden Shackelford and John Petty are stroking it from deep like they were in that contest, uh, it's a big night for assists for Kyra Lewis. And Kyra is a point guard leading the Crimson Tide in rebounds on Wednesday night as well. So Alabama gets up an SEC record 59 three-pointers in that game at Auburn, an SEC record 22 makes from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, Auburn doing extensive damage in the paint, outscoring Alabama by 30 in that area of the basketball court, also outscoring Alabama by a very wide margin from the free throw line. Uh, Auburn attempting 39 free throws in the game, just 16 Free throws attempted for Alabama, a 17-point difference there. Uh, And it adds up to a tight Auburn win in OT. The Crimson Tide now 13-11 on the season, 5-6 in the SEC. The LSU Tigers set to pay a visit to Coleman Coliseum tomorrow afternoon. And what you got this weekend is you've got some doubleheader opportunities on the campus of the University of Alabama. None of those involve softball. But you can also keep up with Patrick Murphy's team coming off a very productive Thursday down at the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. Alabama with two wins, much needed wins, I might add, following that one and three weekend down in Tallahassee at Florida State to get the season going last weekend. But the Crimson Tide 
included in those two victories on Friday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, a win over the top-ranked Washington Huskies in run-rule fashion with freshman Lexi Kilfoyle doing the honors in the circle and also had a triple at the plate. So uh, a very positive response by Patrick Murphy's team against some really good competition down there on the west coast of Florida. Doesn't get any easier on this Friday. Two more games down there in that event for Alabama softball. USF to get things going on Friday morning, and then an afternoon game, a 3 o'clock first pitch central time against the nation's second-ranked team in the UCLA Bruins. A UCLA team, by the way, that won't have the services of Rachel Garcia, the top two-way player in college softball, can get it done with the bat and also in the circle. Rachel Garcia is a member of the 2020 Olympic team, is redshirting. This season, So there you go. A little bit of uh, some good news for an Alabama team that got some more bad injury news prior to Thursday's games as Alyssa Brown, it was announced, out for an extended stretch now with a hand fracture that required surgery. Murph went with a first five on Thursday in those games that got the job done with Mack uh, in the leadoff spot. Tau hitting second. Hempful with a big home run against Washington on Thursday afternoon in the three-hole. You had Skylar Wallace dropping down to the cleanup spot. KB Sides in there at the five spot. So good to get Maddie Morgan back in that lineup and in third base too after she missed last weekend's games. Uh, A really positive start to the event in Clearwater for Alabama softball. We'll continue to monitor that throughout the weekend. Five games for Alabama softball down there this weekend Uh, capped by a matchup on Saturday morning against an Oklahoma State team that made it to OKC for the College World Series just a year ago. But those doubleheader opportunities uh, include the Alabama baseball team getting its 2020 season going on Friday afternoon against Northeastern at the Joe. Uh, Then a little bit later, in the early evening, you're going to have Alabama Gymnastics at Coleman Coliseum hosting the Arkansas Razorbacks. You flip the, the calendar to Saturday. You're going to have to transition Coleman Coliseum from a gymnastics setup to back to basketball because a huge one with LSU uh, men's basketball coming to town to take on Nate Oates' team. That's a 3 o'clock tip-off on Saturday afternoon if you can't make it to Tuscaloosa that game will air on ESPN2. Before that, at noon, you're going to have Alabama baseball in game two of that series with Northeastern at the Joe. So that's a doubleheader chance. Now, as for the LSU matchup, the game itself, well, uh, a lot of storylines here. Uh, you're talking about an LSU team like Auburn midweek trying to maintain pace atop the SEC standings in a three-way tie with those Auburn Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats. At halftime, you're going to have a memorable event, a memorable moment, no doubt, as Alabama will retire the jersey of Wendell Hudson, the first jersey retired in the history of UA Athletics. That's going to happen at halftime Saturday of the LSU-Alabama basketball game. Wendell, of course, the first scholarship African-American athlete at the University of Alabama. But as for the game, uh, you're talking about an LSU team that the last time these two got together down in Red Stick 
won pretty easily, pretty convincingly. One of the few, if not the only game in SEC play for Alabama this year where you just didn't feel like the Crimson Tide competed throughout. It was funky from the start. Uh, John Petty uh, didn't start, as you might recall. Uh, Beetle Bolden was going through some issues with his health. Uh, early in the game in the first half, it turned out that that's when Herbert Jones fractured that wrist. So it was a game in which Alabama never really got going. Didn't have uh, a lot of success early. Uh, got out-rebounded by 18. Uh, got outscored in the paint by 12 by LSU. Second-chance points were to LSU's advantage by 15. So really, when you think about the Auburn game on Wednesday night, a lot of what Auburn did, LSU's going to try to replicate tomorrow afternoon at Coleman Coliseum. In that first meeting, LSU, all five all five starters for the Tigers in double figures in that one. There are so many good point guards in this league. I think we said this the last year or two as well, but you know, Kyra, Skylar Mays of LSU, uh, Javon McCormick you saw on Wednesday night against Alabama – and you're going to have another one of those matchups with Mays and Kyra. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see exactly the extent of Herbert Jones's availability because, as we've talked about before with LSU, similar to Auburn, team that's going to look to get downhill, get into the paint. Uh, and if Herbert can give some perhaps extended minutes on top of what we saw at Auburn, uh, that would certainly be of uh, great benefit to this Alabama Defense. Seven league games to go for the Crimson Tide at 13 and 11, five and six in the SEC. Seven contests. You're thinking realistically, this team could go five and two or so in that stretch. If you go five and two, you're looking at 18 and 13 overall and 10 and eight in the league by the time you head to the conference tournament and kind of see where it goes from there. Football news of note. A-Day set for April the 18th at 1 p.m. at Bryant-Denny Stadium. There were some questions about that. Uh, Logistically, how would Alabama make it work with the ongoing construction down there at Bryant-Denny Stadium? Well, you're going to have a very reduced capacity is what you're going to have on April the 18th. Alabama announced on Thursday capacity somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 35,000 seats. So the demand ought to be pretty good, especially when you consider, once again, Alabama going through a quarterback competition with Bryce Young now on campus to go along with Talia Tonga-Vailoa and Mac Jones. Really, from the Alabama perspective, this scrimmage has to take place almost. If there's any way possible, even if it is at a reduced greatly capacity of Bryant-Denny Stadium, you've got to have this scrimmage in Tuscaloosa because it's so much more than just the scrimmage when you talk about eight-day weekend now. It really is a full weekend of activities. Um, you know, obviously on Saturday, you've got the captain's ceremony at Denny Chimes down there on the quad where you're going to have the four permanent captains from the 2019 team put their hands in cleats and cement. Uh, and then also, if, if you're Nick Saban, you're trying to recruit. It's a recruiting opportunity. It's another recruiting opportunity for you on that weekend. So, uh, no, you'd you'd rather not play it at Legion Field or somewhere else 
when you're also trying to entertain those folks. So eight-day set for April the 18th at Bryant-Denny Stadium. One o'clock, the scrimmage will get underway. Television information to come. And by the way, overflow, if there is, and I would anticipate that there is for the scrimmage, uh, you'll be able to head over to Sewell Thomas Stadium, and the game will be projected on the big screen out there as a part of the scoreboard at the Joe. Coming up here on BOL Daybreak, checking in with BamaOnline.com recruiting analyst Hank South does an outstanding job covering Crimson Tide recruiting along with site publisher Tim Watts. Wanted to do that, catch up with Hank a little bit. He's had a chance to catch his breath after that 2020 cycle was put to rest. Uh, Here we go. Hank South on the BOL Daybreak podcast right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And there he is, Tank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com on this Friday edition of BOL Daybreak. Uh, first of all, Hank, I uh, certainly hope that you've uh, had the opportunity to sort of rest and recharge at least a little bit following that flurry to end the 2020 cycle. Yeah, you know, it, there's always kind of a little bit of a breather um, that 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 weekend after National Signing Day in February, you can kind of regroup after, you know, that signing day. And then, of course, the early signing period as well and take a breather and, and then, you know, get right back to it because, you know, it, it is a dead period right now. But, um, it, you know, it, it never truly stops, you know, between offers and, you know, guys planning visits for the spring and, and all that. So, um, it, yeah, it, it definitely keeps you busy, but it, it's always nice to kind of you know, take a little breather and kind of regroup and recharge. You got Valentine's day today too. So, uh, here's hoping you took care of business. Cause I know <laughs> you like myself, you know, it can make life a little bit, uh, less fun if we don't, we don't get things right on this Valentine's day. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, you're trying to recharge from signing day and you know, they throw Valentine's day at you. So you got you <laughs> kind of scramble to get ready for that. But you know, I, I prepared early this year. So, so I think we're good. Man, it's crazy how age will do that to you. You start having plans and things, you know. <laughs> crazy right. how that works. Sorry about that, Hank. It's kind of it's kind of what comes along with maturity. I'm still trying to get there, trust me, when it when it comes to all that. But um let, you know, you said it, it, it there really isn't much time though. Uh once you get from uh putting one cycle to bed to the next. In fact, right? There was a junior day event before we even had the, the late signing day period here at, at, at UA. Yeah. And that, that's kind of been, um, at least, you know, since I've been covering Alabama, that's been kind of the tradition is, is there's one junior day, the Saturday before national signing day. And then, uh, and then there's typically one at the end of February. However, this, this year, February is a dead period. So, um, that, that junior day in, in March is going to be in March. And I believe it's March 7th, which is that, um, first Saturday out of the dead period. Um, but yeah, you know, Bama hosted, you know, well over two dozen of its, uh, you know, early top targets, obviously the board shuffles a lot throughout the spring and summer with, with camp and, and eval season. But, 
Um, it's always kind of a good little preview uh, as to who the guys are that they like real early, real early on in the cycle. Um, you know, a lot of those guys typically end up being guys that, you know, we see eventually join the class. I know, um, you know, last year, Jaquez Robinson was a guy that went to junior day. Um, I believe Will Anderson was a guy that went to junior day. Um, and there, there's others, but those are just a couple examples for the, uh, the 2020 class that just signed. But yeah, you know, they, they put that, um, event on prior to signing day and then, um, you know, finish up the, their current class and then right on to the, you know, continuing on to, to build on that 2021 class. And off to a solid start in terms of commitments. Uh, certainly when you, you, you headline that with the, the quarterback position with a guy like Drake May for 2021 already in the fold. But um, uh, it seems like there's some early momentum with some other guys, the, the Brockermeyer brothers. I know you had an interesting note on that here in the last day or so in regards to you know how this this duo might be able to work two official visits instead of one based on you know the fact that they are brothers yeah and it's kind of an interesting scenario i mean i, I don't think i've ever seen I, I maybe once or twice but um yeah tommy brockemeyer james brockemeyer they're twin brothers um so they're obviously two separate recruitments um tommy's the five-star offensive tackle James is a four-star center. Um, but yeah, you know, that they can each take their own official visit. And of course, on official visits, you're welcome to bring a certain number of family members. Um, so being at it, being as it is, they are brothers, uh, that they, they can, uh, come on the visits together. So, uh, you know, we caught up with, uh, with Tommy and, and James's dad and he said, uh, they, they have one official visit locked in for, um, that last weekend in June, right before the dead period. It, it's the last weekend you can take official visits, um, before the, the season comes back or comes around. Um, and that, that date's locked in, but they're looking at another, um, April 3rd through 4th. Um, and it's not locked in set in stone yet, but, um, they're, they're looking at that to be the other official visit. So, um, then that's, that's a positive sign. Obviously, you know, Bama's taken a big step forward with both of them in the last, you know, couple months, they've always been high on them, but, um, you know, I, I think when Bama offered James at junior day, um, it really kind of got the ball rolling more so in Bama's favor um, for the Brockemeyer brothers. But, you know, getting two official visits potentially in the spring and summer um, when the, when they're both kind of looking towards wrapping things up, um, you know, late spring, early summer, um, that could be a pretty advantageous spot for Alabama, um, you know, uh, you know, early, earlier or right, right, right before the season. Yeah. You, you know, we, we won't get too much into specific names as we talk with Hank today, but uh, some guys that look like they could be coming down the pike here in fairly short order. Ajay Hall, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, Ajay Hall, uh, the wide receiver, uh, top 50 player, I believe, nationally from IMG Academy there in Bradenton, Florida, uh, a key target for this Alabama class looking ahead to 2021. Uh, anticipation, I guess, Hank, that Hall is going to cut that list even further than what we've seen here in the in the past. And uh, how does that look for for the Crimson Tide right now with the uh, with the big wide receiver? Yeah, um, he, he has a top seven right now. Uh, he put he uh, he narrowed that list down in the fall. Um, Bama was in it, of course. Um, and, and now he, he's looking like he's going or he announced he's going to uh, cut it down to four on March 1st. Um, I would imagine Bama will be in that group because right now um, the plan is to be at Alabama on March 7th um, for, for that junior day. So um, I would anticipate Bama being in his top four 
And, um, you know, it's kind of one of these recruitments I think maybe could have some twists and turns even before, you know, we're only a month away, but, um, even before March 14th, maybe, you know, maybe he decides to, to push back that commit date a little bit further. I know he wants to take some official visits and, and of course you can't do that until, until April. Um, he already had moved this commit date once. Um, and, and that was, he was supposed to announce the Under Armour future 50 camp in January. He pushed it back to take some visits. Um, so maybe we see him do that again. Um, either way, you know, I think whether he commits or not on March 14th, which is still currently the plan, um, which he told us earlier this week, but, um, I, I still think he's probably going to take visits. He's probably going to still be recruited. So it's not going to close down anything, um, where, where, wherever he commits, um, next month, I think Bama has been in a good spot for him, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's been high on LSU. He's been high on Clemson. He's visited Georgia. And so all the, all the teams in the top seven right now seem to still be in play with maybe the exception of Arizona state. I'm not sure how much they're really in the mix for him. Um, but it, it kind of seems like maybe a Bama LSU battle shaping up. And, and I will say there, there's one thing I, I think maybe that could work to Bama's advantage here as, as far as, you know, looking at history, um, they've had a lot of success recruiting IMG Academy, um, in the last few years, especially, you know, big time prospects like, like a hall that they got Trey Sanders, Evan Neal, um, obviously Dylan Moses the year, uh, a couple of years before that. So, um, they have a history there and, and Bama has done a really good job, um, at that program. Jeff Banks has obviously recruited that area really well for Alabama. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll be keeping an eye on this one, but it's definitely one that, you know, Bama could kick off the spring with a bang if they, if they got him on board. Let's talk about uh, an in-state prospect of note. Dylan Brooks, the top-ranked player in the state of Alabama for the 2021 cycle. Uh, Sounds like things trending positively for the Crimson Tide, although, again, it is somewhat early still. Yeah, I I think so. I I think I've always felt this was going to be an in-state race between Bama and Auburn. Um, you know, he, he's, he's being recruited nationally. So yeah, he has a lot of offers. Um, but he, he did an interview with our guys, um, on the Auburn site earlier this week when they stopped by at his school. And he said, um, he said Auburn, Alabama, LSU and Tennessee were kind of the four schools. They're not his leaders, not saying they're his top schools, but kind of the four he, he thinks he, he'll most likely end up at one of those. Um, and, and you know, he, Bama's recruited him hard. They've, they've all been recruiting him hard. He has some family ties to Auburn. Um, uh, I, I think his dad, um, is an Auburn fan and, you know, kind of wants him to go there, but also isn't really pushing him. Um, but you know, he, you kind of, with these kind of recruitments where there's so many different offers, you're trying to get as a reporter, you're just trying to get any kind of indicator on maybe which way he's leaning. He's not saying leaders, but you know, is he, who's saying, who's he saying is recruiting him hardest, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and he was asked which offer was kind of the, the biggest deal to him when he got it. And he said, Alabama, um, so, you know, that's something to note. He's been to Bama several times. He's, he's, uh, developed a good bond with Sal Sinceri and, uh, and, uh, Holman Wiggins his, his area recruiter. So, uh, I think Bama's right there for him. And I, I probably couldn't make a pick today, but I, I think I'll stay in state. I've always kind of leaned towards Auburn just a little bit, just with the family ties and, and obviously proximity to home as well. Um, but, but I think Bama's, you know, right there in, in his top group. And this is a guy you talk about versatility, uh, another, prospects similar i guess to maybe like a drew sanders or a chris braswell or a will anderson in that he could play a number of spots perhaps at that linebacker level is that correct yeah absolutely and you know you look at his frame he's uh he's um sorry i just got a text message he's a 6'5 215 220 right now um and you know so obviously has room to grow has has room to put good weight on and kind of build on that frame. So yeah, he, he can do a lot of different things. And, and that's something he noted, you know, talking to Nick Saban, um, 
is, you know, his versatility and kind of, they can put plug him anywhere on that defense and, you know, see, see what happens there. As we let you go here, Hank on daybreak, I want one area on the offensive side of the ball and one area on the defensive side of the ball that you think are real points of emphasis looking ahead to this 2021 class for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I mean, on offense, I, I would say either wide receiver or tight end. Um, obviously, you know, we saw what happened in the 2020 cycle with tight end, and they got some grad transfer help, but you only got one year out of Carl Tucker coming up, and then obviously Miller Forrestal moving on after 2020. Then wide receiver, you know, um, after 2020, you're losing uh, Waddle and, and most likely Jalen Waddle. You know, we, we saw Devontae Smith come back this year, but you certainly losing um, Devontae Smith after next season. Um, so certainly going to need to some, bring in some more guys there on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'd probably say cornerback, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Sertain's going to have a decision to make, um, you know, Ronald Williams could technically be one and done if he has a really good season. Um, so that's something to watch. Um, and you know, I, I, I think you can always add defensive linemen, you know, I, I don't think there's ever not a need for defensive linemen. So, uh, I, those are kind of the areas I would keep an eye on. There you go. Hank South does a great job for us covering recruiting along with Tim Watts site publisher there at BamaOnline.com. Good luck on this Valentine's Day. Uh, unlike myself, you probably don't need it, but uh, <laughs> we wish it to you anyway. And thanks, as always, Hank, for joining us here on BOL Daybreak. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of the podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll check in with you again on Monday when Daybreak returns on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.